0: Section forty seven of Amadis of Gaul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Amy Graymore. Amadis of Gaul by Vasco de Libera. Translated by Robert Southey. Book the Third, Chapter eighteen. How King Luswati gave up his daughter greatly against her own will, and of the succour which Amadis with all the other knights of the firm island, brought to the fair Oriana, The day was now come whereon King Luzwari had promised to deliver his daughter to the Romans. He having in vain again attempted to win her consent, left her in great anger, and went to the queen whom he bade go and soothe her daughter's distress. Brezena had often attempted in vain to change the king's resolution. She now made no reply but obeyed him. But when Oriana saw her mother and sister approach her, She went to her sobbing aloud, and kissed her hand, and said, This parting will be for ever, for my death is at hand. And with that she swooned away. The king then had her, senseless as she was, carried on board, and he made Olinda go with her, though that princess, on her knees, besought him to send her home to her father. He in his rage would not listen, but had her forced on board, and Mabilia and the damsel of Denmark he made embark also. All having thus embarked, he mounted and rode to the port, and then he consoled his child with a father's pity. Yet he gave her no hope that his invention was changed, but he himself was moved nevertheless, and wept after he had left her, and besought Celeste and Quilio, and Brongagel, and the Archbishop of Talantia, to protect her and serve her well. Then he returned to his palace, leaving in the ship the greatest grief and lamentation that heart can think celestin thus having the princess in his power put Odiana and mabilia into a cabin which had been richly fitted up for her and fastened them in with strong bars and bolts and he left queen sadamira and her company and many of Odiana's damsels in the ship but olinda of whom he was so passionately enamoured he resolved to carry to his own ship though she struggled and besought him not to separate her from ordeana and clung to the door of Odeanna's cabin, making such piteous moan that Ordiana, at hearing it, swooned away in Mabilia's arms. Thus having disposed of the damsels, they spread their sails and departed, being full joyful that they had accomplished their master's desire, and they hoisted the great flag of the emperor upon the mast of the vessel, wherein Ordiana was, and all the other ships kept round about that to protect it. Thus merrily were they sailing on, when looking to the right they beheld the fleet of amadis coming on full speed to cut them off from the land toward which they went agrias and don quadragante and dragonese and listeran of the white tower had agreed to attack the romans and attempt the rescue of oriana before amadis could come up and for this purpose they and their ship got between the romans and the shore of floristan and gavarate of the perilous valley and Orlandin, in Ymosel of Burgundy, had the same wish. And they sailed up between Agrias and the enemy, and Amadis came on full sail straight after them, that he might be the first in Ordiana's succor. Now I tell you that when first the Romans beheld this fleet, they thought they were crossing the sea in peace, but seeing how they divided into three squadrons, that two cut off their landing, and that the third made right toward them in pursuit, they cried out, to arms! to arms! But strangers are coming against us. Presently they ran to arms. The crossbowmen were placed in their station. The others were Brondiel of the Rock, wherein the vessel with Oriana, which carried the Emperor's flag. At this season the fleets encountered Agrias and Don Quadrigante, hailed the ship of Salas who had with him the fair Olinda, and then began a brave battle. And Florestan and Gavarte, sailing through the middle of the fleet attacked the ships of the duke of ancona and of the archbishop of tillantia who had a great force on board so that the battle between them was obstinate but amadis steered right for the ship that bore the imperial standard and he laid his hand on angriot's shoulder and said sir angriot my good friend remember now the loyalty you have over manifested towards your friends and help me manfully in this enterprise if it please god that i succeed well now shall i here fulfil my honour and my good fortune angriot replied sir i am ready to die for you your honour shall be maintained and god will be with you the ships were now near each other and such a discharge was there of arrows and stones and lances that they fell as fast as though they were rained down amadis aimed at nothing but to grapple with the other vessel but they who were therein though far more in number durst not adventure that seeing how fiercely they were attacked, and defended themselves with iron hooks and sundry other weapons. Now when Tantalese of Sorbidisa, who was the queen of Sorbidisa's high steward, and was now in the castle, saw that Amadis could not bring this to effect, he ordered a great anchor to be brought fastened to a long chain, and from the castle they threw it into the enemy's ship, and then pulling at the chain with all their might, they brought the ships together, and held them so, that they could by no means separate, unless the chain should break. Then Amadis made way through his own people, who were somewhat dismayed, and setting foot on the edge of his own ship, leaped into the other. It was a great leap, so that he fell upon his knee, and they laid on him many blows before he could rise. Howbeit meager their efforts, he rose and laid hand to his good sword. Angriot and Don Brunio had followed him, and they all laid on manfully and shouted, Gaul, Gaul, for Amadis is here. Mabilia heard that cry, and exclaimed to Audiana, Comfort, comfort, you are succoured by the blessed knight, your true servant and constant friend. But Audiana, more dead than alive, recovered only enough to ask what she said, for she had heard nothing, and her sight was almost gone. When Amadis beheld the wonders which his two comrades were performing, and how his men were now fighting beside him, he made on Brondhel, whom by his rich arms he knew to be the chief, and with one blow felled him. Then, seeing that the rest, terrified at that, had ceased to resist, he tore off Brondhel's helmet, and striking at his face with the pommel of his sword, demanded where Oriana was. The Roman pointed to the chamber that was fastened. Amadis called upon Angriote and Don Brunio. They joined all their strength and burst the door, and saw Oriana and Mabilia within. He fell on his knees before his lady to kiss her hand, but she embraced him, and then caught him by the sleeve of his mail, which was all bloody. Ah, Amadis, light of the oppressed, you have saved me. Mabelia was on her knees before him, holding by his skirts, for he had not seen her, but then he raised her and embraced her, and called her his dear cousin. Then would he have left the cabin, but Ordiana took his hand. For God's sake, do not leave me fear not he replied for angriot and don brunio and gandalees are in the ship with thirty of our knights and i must go elsewhere for we are engaged in a great battle then armides went out of the cabin and seeing that ladidin of farak had made them in the castle cry for mercy he commanded them to cease from father slaughter he then got into the galley where enil and Gandalin were with forty knights and bade them steer towards where they had heard the cry of Agriès. When they came up, they found that he and Cadragante had boarded Salas ship, and when Amadis got on board, the Romans began to leap over, some perishing in the water, others escaping to the other vessels. He went on seeking his cousin, whom he found, with Salas wounded at his feet and begging for mercy. Agrias knew his love for Olinda and would show him none. "'Do not slay him,' said Cadragante. "'He is a good prize.' sir Cadrigante said amadis with a smile let agrias do his will for else this roman will not leave one of us alive and while they thus spake the head of Kidio was smitten off now the ship was their own and the banner of agrias and don Cadrigante hoisted on her castle agrias forthwith went into the chamber where olinda was confined but amadis and don Cadrigante, and ladadine and listeron of the white tower went in anil's galley to see how florestan fared on the way they met isanes a kinsman of florestan by the mother's side who told them how he had won all the ships and taken the duke of ancona and the archbishop they then looked round and saw that the romans were everywhere put to the worst so that not one ship or boat escaped to carry tidings of their defeat with that they went on board the vessel of Odiana, and there disarmed their heads and hands and washed off the blood. Amadis asked where Floristan was, and was told that Sardamira had cried out to him to save her, and that she lay fallen at the feet of Oriana, beseeching her to save her from death or dishonor. Amadis went into the cabin and saw that the queen was embracing Oriana, and that Floristan held her by the hand. He went before her courteously and would have kissed her hand, but she withdrew it. "Fear nothing, lady," he said don florestan is at your service and we shall all obey him even though it were not our will to honour all womankind good sir said sardamira to florestan who is this knight so courteous and so much your friend lady said he it is my lord and brother amadis with whom we are all come to succour odiana she then rose and said good sir amadis blame me not if i have not received you as i ought for i knew you not GOD BE PRAISED THAT IN SUCH A CALAMITY I AM PLACED UNDER YOUR COURTESY AND THE PROTECTION OF DON Floristan. SO amedee SEATED HER BESIDE ORIANA, AND NOW, ALL THIS WHILE, QUEEN SADAMIRA KNEW NOT THE DEATH OF STALIST Kidio, WHOM SHE GREATLY LOVED. QUEEN, SAID ORIANA, IF I HAVE hitherto HEARD YOUR WORDS WITH PAIN AND DISLIKE, NOW SHALL I EVER HONOR AND LOVE YOU AS YOU DESERVE. FOR WHAT YOU DID TO MY INJURY WAS NOT YOUR OWN WILL. But, in whatever was your own will, you were ever courteous and gentle while they were just communing. Agres and Alinda came in, and affectionately did Oriana embrace them and thank the other knights as she knew them. Ah, friend Gavarte said she to him of the perilous valley, well have you fulfilled your promise. God knows how truly I thank you, and how I wish to reward you, Lady. He replied, "I have done my duty for you are my natural lady." Whenever time shall be, remember me as one who will ever be at your service. At this time were all the chief knights assembled on board this vessel to take counsel how they should proceed. Then Ordiana took Amadis aside and said, Dear friend, I beseech and command you now more than ever to conceal our love. Order it so now that they may resolve to carry me to the firm island, that being safe there, God may dispose of me as he knows best and as ought to be. Amadis replied, Do you then send Mobelia to propose this, that it may appear to proceed from your will, and not from mine? Accordingly he went among the knights, and they were of diverse opinions, for some proposed to take Odiana to the firm island, others said that she should go to Gaul, others that she should go to Scotland, the country of Agrias, but presently Mabilia came to them with four other damsels, and said, sirs audiana beseeches ye to carry her to the firm island till she be reconciled to her parents and she implores ye as ye have begun so well that ye would bring this enterprise with the same good courage to good end what ye have ever done for other damsels cadragante answered good lady the good and brave amadis and we who are with them in her rescue are of one will to serve her till death and we will protect her against her father and against the emperor of rome if they will not be brought to reason and justice. That answer all the knights approved, and declared that they should not hold themselves acquitted of that promise till Ordiana was restored to her own free will, and made sure of her inheritance. With this accord they departed each to his ship, to give orders respecting the prisoners. Don Brunio and Ladadin, and the brother of Angriot, and Sarquiles, and Orladin, were left in the vessel, with Ordiana and Queen Sardamira, and Anil the good knight, who had received three wounds but had concealed them like a brave man and one who could endure all difficulty these knights were left to god oriana till they should arrive at the firm island here endeth the third book of the noble and virtuous knight Amadis of gaul